on this computer. Okay. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the check-in. And it's Alicia here. And today I have a real treat for everybody. I've got some of my good friends throughout life, um, three great men that I actually look to for a lot of advice on things and I respect. So I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves today and we'll get into today's episode. All right. So whoever wants to go first, go right ahead. Larry goes first. (laughs) No problem. Um, My name is Larry Paul. I'm 34 years old. I'm from Trenton, New Jersey. I'm currently in Tom's River, New Jersey. But um, my main thing is I went to school for accounting and finance. So I understand how businesses run. And my goal in life is to end poverty. And so that's kind of what I'm working on. And uh, my, my journey through understanding business and watching my community go through the struggles that it go through kind of causes you it's not that I was dealing with my depression because I don't feel like mine's was kind of the same as everybody else's mine's was kind of like a product of watching people that you really care about not be able to be in a position like you so it's a little bit different a lot of people are in depression because of their personal situations or not being where they want to be so it's kind of like the opposite spectrum of it you know what I mean but um but like I said, my 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 uh, goal to uh, help in poverty kind of helped me um, put that in order. Mm-hmm. And it kind of taught me that depression is really just when you're lacking self-care, you know, and it's, it's simply that care about yourself. Do what you want to do sometimes. Have fun. As adults, we get so wrapped up in the money and, and showing what we have, what we got and things like that, that we just don't focus on what we have and where we're going. So that's okay. just a little intro on who I am. And what I'm doing. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Who wants to go next? You want to go next, Matthew? Uh, sure. I'll go next. Uh, my name is Matthew Williams. Uh, my occupation is uh, I actually own my own business, food business that I just uh, established around March last year. Uh, have a couple side jobs. Um, my ultimate goal would be to uh, to basically just be comfortable, you know, and just be my own entrepreneur. And as far as uh, mental health goes, you know, I've, I've had my, my own share of, of experiences and stuff like that. But um, I'm more the more of the time, I'm the person that people come to for advice. You know what I mean? So that's that. That's pretty much what I have to say about myself. Okay. All right, either Brandon or Marcellus, <laughs> if you figured out your mic, go um, ahead and join us. Uh, Brandon Shaw, um, military, E5, core. Uh, I'm in Tennessee right now, in Knoxville. Um, I guess because everybody's like kind of comment on mental health. I don't know. I, I don't know. I go back and forth with it. But um, I guess my dream in life would be probably just just peace to be at peace create peace that 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 make everything like lovely for me so that that'd probably be like my dream all right marcellus can everybody hear me cool yep uh my name is marcellus williams um i'm in the army reserves i'm a cyber officer 17 alpha uh just recently transitioned from uh from 25 series to 17 alpha um my civilian career, I'm a penetration tester. Uh, that's uh, cybersecurity, ethical hacking, 
uh, in uh, Glen Burnie, Maryland. Uh, so I live in uh, Glen Burnie, Maryland. That's my uh, current location. Um, as far as mental health, I do see a, a, a individual counselor for for uh, for a variety of uh, different uh, small issues. Uh, just just people to vent to uh, emotionally, and I, I think it's very important. Uh, my dream is to start a uh, a uh, non for profit uh, business. Uh, related to uh, helping secure or provide cybersecurity services to uh, uh, to regular people. I feel like regular people are neglected because uh, they don't have the, the money to be able to purchase like cybersecurity services. Okay, that's awesome, awesome. So everybody has a dream, everybody has something um, and there's everyone is somehow um, can relate to mental health. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and move on to what our, well, actually, let me also give our listeners a little bit background. So today I'm going to be talking about the, to these amazing gentlemen about mental health and what mental health looks like to them as black men here in America. As you've heard, they all have different occupations, different dreams. Um, so they're all doing different things with their lives, but how for them, like I said, they perceive mental health and how mental health for them is perceived by the outside world and society. So um, some of you guys kind of already answered this question, but how do you view mental health for yourself as a black man? Like, how do you think, do you think it matters? Do you think it doesn't matter? Um, how do you view it? I, I'll go first again. Um, I think, I think uh, mental health is very important. I don't, I don't think it's a, uh, uh, a sex issue. I, I don't think it's a woman issue or a man issue. I just think it's a person issue. Um, the problem is mental health has a lot to do with our understanding how we feel in the moment and acting on them correctly. And I think one of the main problems as black men in our community, we are taught to suppress our feelings. So when we say we control our anger or we control our emotions, what we're really saying is we're not expressing them. We're not saying that we're not controlling them because you know, if you if you get upset, you can still get upset. You know what I mean? But what getting upset looks like is, you know, is is one thing. But me, us getting upset is a completely different thing. And I think that is the root of it. I don't think enough people are really living at their happiest potential. And I know that sounds so, so simple, right? Like, just be happy. But if you ask people, what are you doing on a daily basis? How is this? How is that? A lot of people will tell you a lot of negative things and it's like, yo, how can you be happy when you when you're going to work 10 hours and you're not seeing your family and, you you know, and so I really think people need to just focus on happiness a little bit and then that will help with the self-care. But that's that's my speaking on it. I can agree with that. Anybody else have any ideas for it? Uh, I'd like to agree with him as well. Um, growing up, you know, my my parents were uh, or. Uh, at least my father was very big on on uh, you know manning up, uh, suppressing it, uh, focusing on work, all business stuff. And and as I've reached adulthood, I've realized that I don't really know uh, myself and what my interests are. I don't really understand what what makes me happy, you know. So I kind of throw myself into my career, uh, thinking that that'll help me find fulfillment, as was kind of taught or or pushed on me as as a kid. So I, I agree. Uh, that mental health is important and that striving towards happiness and figuring yourself out and figuring out and letting yourself feel happiness uh, is very important. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And just allowing yourself that time to grasp your emotions and what you're going through, because I, I believe that is a time like a time it's been passed on. I'm sorry. The thought process of just suck it up or get over it, which is definitely not beneficial to anyone's mental health. Anybody else have anything to add? I know. Uh, oh, go, go ahead, Matthew. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Right, yeah. Um, I feel like I agree with everybody um, with mental health being important. Um, but I also feel like it's it's been overlooked, like or downplayed. Like uh, like Larry was saying with the uh, suppression um, of feelings and all of that. I feel like a lot of uh, men and black men do that, and. Um, I just feel like, but I also feel like it's coming to light. Like it's uh, like a lot of people are um, showing attention to it now more than ever. Yeah. And that's, and that's truly a great thing that they are because it's definitely something that's needed. And I, I am hoping that we can slowly start pushing out those who, who don't think that it's an issue that should be addressed. Um, Brandon, did you have something you wanted to say too? Uh, Roger that. Um, I guess I'm gonna start by saying I agree with everybody in here. It is a thing, very big thing, very important thing, things that people should be knowledgeable of and definitely, um, I guess, make a point to, I guess, look into. I don't want to play devil's advocate, but just for me, I don't know, man. I feel like I've bought into this, 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 um, the kind of like army system of, yo, just drink water and drive on. It's like, I don't have the time. I don't have time to be depressed. I may be battling with depression, but if I don't acknowledge it, it's kind of like, I'm not putting much into it. Just keep going. Always forward, always forward, always forward. So like, I know it's a big thing. Daddy, can I get some of my chips? Yes, ma'am, you can. I know it's a really big thing and um, it does affect me, but I don't know, just that drink water drive one is, is something that I know is a problem, but I it's... I don't know. I'm just stuck with it. Well, that's, and um, I'm not happy that you feel that way, but it does kind of caveat onto my next question, which would be for you as an individual, do you feel like you take care or monitor your mental health the way you should? So we all agree that it's an issue, but do you think you guys are doing or actively doing things to help protect your mental health, to treat your mental health the same way you would your body? Like, are you doing mental checkups on yourself or with someone or anything like that? Are you checking up on your mental health? So anyone who wants to answer? I guess we should keep the same order. All right, um, right, I'll I'll, I'll go. Um, And um, pretty much, yes, there there are things that I do to check on my mental health. The first thing I do is I do something that I don't think a lot of people do. And if you run into me over like the last year or so, you probably I probably ask you this question. But I, I think about what do I want? Because a lot of people don't know it. You know, like when you sit down and you write about like, what do I want? I want a car. That's very basic. Like when you get down to the specifics, what do you want? What kind of car do you want? What year do you want it to be? What's your what's your money point? So I write down my actual goal so I know what I'm what I'm trying to achieve. It also gives me a point to appreciate if you're not appreciating what you're doing you could be as great as you want to be but you're not having no fulfillment you feel me you're just reaching for the next target reaching for the next target and this is it's like for what so you got to appreciate the work that you do you know so i try to take 
you know, I try to take some time off to myself. And I'm normally appreciating my life and things like that when I'm with my son. I, I do have two kids, but my son is my my youngest. He's only one years old. And so to me, that's where I'm my happiest. That's where I'm at peace. I, I, I'm a natural teacher, so I, I love it. And he's a kid, so he wants to learn everything. So that is how I self-care. You know, self-care doesn't have to be spending a million dollars going on a boat trip. It's really just doing whatever takes your mind off of stress. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, whatever is your piece, whether it be your kids, the gym, family in general, going for a walk, whatever it needs to be, that's definitely a form of self-care and definitely needed for everyone. Um, so Matt, go ahead, since we're going in order. Um, in the past, I, I feel like I have not uh, taken care of myself as far as uh, mental health, but uh, now, you know, getting older, and, um, you know, going through things and realizing that you have to take care of yourself mentally, you know, it's like a realization. And then it's just something you uh, that that's second nature once you get in the, you know, the circle of it. I can I can get with that. Do you guys feel like. Oh, well, I don't want to get ahead. I don't want to get ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so um, I feel like uh, I'm doing better um, with the fact that I'm going to counseling and I'm gaining more insight about uh, my particular uh, issues. Uh, I still have an issue like setting health, healthy boundaries because usually uh, people uh, kind of uh, tell me their issues and I kind of take on uh, their emotions and I don't necessarily have time to feel for myself. Uh, but I am improving in the fact that I'm starting to figure out what I feel because I used to get stuck and not understand what I'm feeling and just say, I feel bad. Um, Self-care for me has been, I do a lot of volunteer work in Baltimore. Uh, so uh, uh, take, uh, seeing the, the uh, smiles on people's faces when, when, when I help them out, when, when they see me volunteering uh, uh, makes me feel good. So that's, that's self-care for me. That's great. And I think that that's a, that's a huge trait. I mean, it's a trait with everyone, but um, men and women, but that's a, a huge thing is taking on other people's emotions and feeling like you constantly have to help people and, and the comparing of like, oh, this person's going through this right now. So I can't be going through anything because I need to help them. Um, exactly. so that's, that's, it's definitely difficult to, to get over and get, get through. Um, Brandon, go ahead. I probably don't uh, prioritize or kind of acknowledge it like I should. I will say that um, sometimes, sometimes, but majority of the time, I kind of just like, you know, put it in your rucksack and then keep trooping, which is I, all this stuff sounds probably terrible because I know that it um like I'm able to preach this to people, you know, like um, push positivity and you know, words of encouragement to people, but it's like, I don't practice what I preach per se. So, um, I do know that my child kind of like, um, Larry said, like, man, my daughter is, is like peace. If I, if I'm with her, it's like, everything's better. Now, when I, when I'm away from her, you know what I'm saying? Some of the things I try to shove to the side, shove off, they try to creep back in and then, uh, which is, you know, not good practice, but I've been getting better. You know, when I was younger, 
I'm sad. Not kind of figuring out why am I sad. So uh, now I guess I try to prioritize that a little bit more. And because uh, that's important, be able to like accurately convey how you feel about something or why are you upset or why am I crying at work? You know, um, so I, I guess I do a little bit better job at it. I will say that. That's good. And I mean, it's a constant learning. I mean, you'll you'll face moments where you think that you've been doing so, so well and like a moment will break through that happens sometimes. Right. We can do we can be as safe as we possibly want to be and things happen. So even with like your physical health and that's what I like people to understand that mental health is still health. It's still just like you going to see your regular doctor. It's the same concept. So you can be as healthy, eat all good foods, um, you know, go running, exercise, and you can still get sick. You know, it happens. But when you get sick, you got to treat yourself from there. Go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry. So can I ask you a question? Is it kind of like circumstantial? Like if, if. Right now, I know in some time, in some places, like right now, I'm actively seeking out, seeking out therapy, right, to, to try to resolve some stuff or get help with working on things that are inside mm-hmm. my head. So um, could it be a problem here because of where I am? And then if I step to like, let's say another room or another space, um, could that, that, I'm assuming it would, does depression go away? Just is it circumstantial? Or well, is it like a thing all the time? So, so um, it's my belief, because again, I am not a psychologist. I'm studying, but I am not a psychologist. It's my belief that depression does not have a cure, right? You just learn coping mechanisms. Um, I've had my own struggles with depression, but I don't believe that you ever get over being depressed. You find healthy ways of coping with it and getting through life. So while yes, um, at one in one place you could be perfectly fine and in another you you could be upset at the same time um example for depression for me i could be in a room full of people that i absolutely love and there will be a moment where that darkness kind of tries to creep its way in and maybe me going to a room by myself for a second will help me like get a grip on reality but sometimes it's just one of those things that you have to figure out how to cope through this moment or this second and whatever your coping skills are, whether it be breathing, whether it be taking a second and playing with your kids or playing a video game or doing whatever you need to do to decompress. That's what you need to do to decompress. So, I mean, to answer to short answer for that long answer, I just gave, I do believe, yes, if you take a second and that second could be removing yourself from that room, you can help with your mindset sometimes a different view kind of helps in that way um can i I also can i say something about that um i think it's 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 not as much about being in in a room i do think being in a room helps but it's kind of like the talking to yourself type of thing right Mm -hmm. it's it's, and, and and it's less about change of scenery and being alone see most people are not depressed around other people most people are depressed when they're by themselves because normally we're trying to give our best selves to everybody else, right? Whether that's the truth or not is, is irrelevant. You feel me? And so I do think um, changing of where you are 
has something to do with changing of your mindset. And it's not necessarily like you change your mind, but it's more so like you question the things that you did, you know, for, for whatever reason it may be. And I, I think depression can be cured. It just hasn't been. I just don't think it's been diagnosed correctly because we keep saying self-care, self-care, self-care. I, I, I think the, the cure to depression has something to do with caring about yourself. You know, and so it's just more so about what that is and, and finding it when you're by yourself. You know what I mean? And so for me, I like to listen to motivational speakings. I like to listen to spiritual speaking because I feel like uh, I, I just like to know as, as much uh, information as possible. But whatever I can learn about or get my mind off of and just get it away from stress, not necessarily not learn or not think, but just not think about stressful situations okay I can I can understand that I definitely can understand that I will say I'm the opposite I I am actually more depressed in a room full of people than when I'm by myself but I am actually as much as this may surprise all of y'all because y'all all know me and have known me for years I am actually an introvert I get extremely extremely self-conscious in big crowds because I think everyone's judging me so I get real anxious and I get upset so there will be times I've had get togethers when I had my apartment in North Carolina where I asked everybody to leave because I felt overwhelmed. My baby shower, I made everybody leave right after I opened the gifts because I was like, okay, too much, too much. Like, so I do believe I, I in that sense, I get what you're saying. It's just flipped for some people. Like, you know, but whatever your, whatever your comfort zone is, is what you need to find. So whether it be being by yourself or being with a group of people, you just got to find that comfort zone. I muted myself when I was about to ask the next question. So as far as the people around you being your partner, if you have a partner, your family, um, work, your friends, do you think that they care about your mental health? Do they check up on you? Do they, if you were to voice something to them, do you think they would be apprehensive or do you think they would take on what you were saying? Would they, how would they feel about it? I guess we'll keep order. Um, I see that my friends are always there for me. And I think friends always want the best for you. And so like, that's why they're your friends. Right. But it's also about who you trust that are, that has gone through the situations that you've gone through to cause your trauma or, you know, whoever you feel, you know, comfortable telling certain things to, um, I'm a, I'm a married man. I've been married for um, since 2016. So we're going, we're about to be at year six. And so I do think uh, depression has a lot to do, not necessarily with just being by your alone, by being alone, but just not communicating. And, um, you know, in a truthful manner, like having, having pep talk or small talk, that's nothing. You need to learn how to really talk about how was your day? You know what I mean? Talk Talk about the small things that really mean nothing to either of you. So it's not a, a big thing when, you know, it's something big. It's like, all right, whatever. Because most of it is small stuff. You know what I mean? But that's about it for me. All right. Go ahead, Matt. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like uh, people around me care. And, like, I can't speak for everybody, but I just feel like most people have people around them that care is just 
sometimes it's hard to find the time to, to, you know, make it seem like you care because of life, you know what I mean? Or you're going through your own things. That's all I, can, I have to say. Yeah, I can get that. Um, it, there is a, a huge time consumption thing. And, and like we said earlier about burdening, you don't want to burden them necessarily with whatever you're going through because friendships go both ways. Right. So go ahead, Marcellus. So I have a, um, I have a fiance. Um, I, uh, I, I tell her a lot of my concerns or whatever I'm going through and she listens. So she provides that support. Um, I do have like a, a small group of friends that I can talk to about different stuff that's going on and, uh, they'll, they'll provide that support that way. I try not to go to my family, um, too much cause there's some, um, there's some, uh, issues, uh, that they're going with, they have their own battles. And um, typically I, I save that for when I go down to see them in person uh, so we can discuss each other's each other's battles. Uh, so uh, I, I would say I do have a, a, a great support system. It's just finding, finding the voice to be able to uh, verbalize whatever I'm going through or whatever I'm feeling. Okay, that, that's good. That's really good. So Brandon? Um, I guess kind of like what Marcella said, uh, I, I, I'm by myself though. I know he said he had a fiance, but it's just me. So the person I talk to the most is probably like my sister. And, um, but at the end of the day, you said burdening, like I'm probably like 99% of the time going to like take and, you know, try to carry and try to help everybody with um whatever they have going on but it's like i know if if i try to tell someone about like something i feel like you know you got your own stuff going on so you know i don't want to add what i have on top of yours but i know for a fact like my sister cares a lot so she'll probe every now and then but you can't i always go it's this thing that people say like where you can't pour you can't pour water from a glass that's empty or something yeah so <laughs> um so i'm like i'm always taking but i'm never I, I never uh really check on myself but my sister's there for me i talk to her a lot about what i have going on but outside of that that's probably it but do people genuinely care do you feel like do i feel like care? people genuinely care Roger. i mean i would hope that a lot of people do care but I mean, I will say you have those who just like with any issue going on in the world, they post about it like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, support mental health or, you know, whatever. And that's fine because no one is obligated to help. But at the same time, you would think that if you care about a person, you know, whatever the relationship may be, a friendship, a, a you know, a, a relationship, relationship. Um, co-workers even to an extent you you care about the well-being of the people who you are have around you right so checking on them in that sort of sense but I do believe yes there probably are limits to how much people care but it just depends on the person can I ask you a question mm-hmm. um, on one of your previous episodes your mom talked about a um I cannot remember like whatever act or like law it was, but it was pretty much like if you know someone or you feel like somebody may be like a threat to themselves or, you know, at risk of harming themselves, 
you can um, pretty much like take this person to the hospital. They might not want to go, but you can if you convince them to go, bam, they go. And then, uh, you know, based off of the questions they give to someone at the emergency room or whatever. And I'm only saying this because it happened to me, but um, I failed that test. And I was trying to pass that test, but I feel like like my inside was like crying out like, bro, I need help. But my pride was like, no, nah, I'm straight. So I failed the test. The emergency room's like, yo, you're going to you're going to be admitted for like 72 hours to be evaluated and all this stuff. And um, I felt like I was OK. I might not have been OK. I probably needed it. But do you feel like is it a thing where people care? Like, can you care too much about it? Like, if I say I'm OK, like. Are you going to let me slide or? I mean, I can see there, there is a point, right? So there, there is that act um, that usually falls under you. You have to, they have to be able to prove your danger to yourself or others when you are over a certain age, when you are a child, yes, your parent can automatically call. If you are deemed incompetent for whatever reason, then someone could call. Um, but Yes. So for us in the ER, have we had people who are like, I'm 100% fine. I'm 100% okay. But they, I don't want to say like, it's not that we don't believe them, but there are indicators and signs that we have to listen to because you don't want to let somebody back out who isn't beneficial to themselves they they could harm themselves but they do take into consideration how you feel about something and there are guidelines it's very very hard at least as far as i've seen for us to keep somebody who absolutely is is fine um we've actually um the only time that we will keep somebody who in my opinion i was like they seem fine is when they are a minor and that's because the parent is like no like, and they're fighting that aspect of it. We've had kids who, like I said, in my opinion, I thought that they were fine. And, and I say this wholeheartedly. I don't believe that children with mental health issues belong in the ER because there's absolutely nothing we can do for them there. Um, but parents still will bring them in because they don't know where else to go sometimes. Um, as far as, oh. oh, go ahead. And as far as like being able to like, uh, outside of being like a medical professional, um, I'm, I'm ACE trained as far as the Army su Suicide Prevention Program. So as a regular person, you do want to look for those indicators. Um, if you see those indicators, um, you may want to probe and be direct about um, how you ask them if they are a threat uh, to themselves, because asking them directly is not going to uh, make it more likely that they do it. They're not going to go, well, I wasn't thinking about it before, but since now you asked, asked yeah. Yep. So, so uh, just to break up that mis uh, misconception. Uh, so you want to be persistent if you recognize someone with, with, with harmful indicators and try and get them somewhere where that person can go, hey, I checked on him. Uh, he's fine. Yeah. You want to get that, get that person to, uh, to someone uh, some professional that'll be able to make that decision um, based on their training. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was also ACE qualified. I mean, I'm not in no more, but I was also ACE qualified. Um, so with all of that, now we kind of dive into some bigger questions and I'm going to mix them up a little bit. So as far as society goes, do you feel like 
you as a man, you as a black man, do you believe that society takes your mental health seriously? I know we've said that there's been progression, but do you think that it actually takes it seriously? And I'm so sorry. My daughter is acting wild in the background. That's okay. I actually wanted to answer this because Brandon said something earlier. Um, I honestly could not care any less if the world cares about my mental health or not, because it's my mental health. Like, do you understand that? So like, it's not, it's not to say like, I want them to not care about my mental health, but whether they care about it or not, I feel like it's my job and my control to take care of it. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I would love it to have support as people. We love to have support in the things that we do, but as, as, as a man, I just feel like I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do for me and my family and what's best for us, no matter what. And my mental health is part of that. You know what I mean? And so that's just how I feel about it. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of how I feel about racism. Like you can be racist if you'd like, I just don't think it, it benefits you how it used to. And so it doesn't really affect me how it used to. I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't worked for racist white people who won't listen to me. I've always had managers who show me respect as long as I shown them respect. I've always had friends who show me respect as long as I shown them respect. So a lot of this has to do with like, you know, your upbringing, your raising and things like that. And, and then some of that stuff will carry on. But it's also like, you know, what's right. Do what's right. And then don't focus on when other people are doing what's wrong. You know what I mean? Because like, I, I don't prefer to complain about it. We, we are all good at seeing the problems. Let's focus on the solution. I can, I can understand that. Do you believe that though, because those are your experiences that other people don't experience different though? Absolutely. But that's why I come on to Zooms. That's why I'm helping with a, with a uh, YouTube channel because you, what I've learned is that everybody has everybody who's ever been on earth has had a completely different experience. It's not like somebody has had an experience like mine. I, I can almost guarantee you nobody has. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's that I don't want you to have my experience. I mean, when I'm rapping and I'm listening to Jay-Z, I am not trying to spend his money. I want to make my own. And I think of myself when I'm rapping his words, he wasn't wrong when he said that. And so that's, that's how I feel about it. Okay. All right. Brandon, you have uh, raised your hand. Go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to ask Larry, just as a, um, cause you're a married man, says you got two kids. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not married. I aspire to be married one day. So you, you a goat, man. I'm trying to get like you. Um, I don't know if you ever seen Naruto, but so Naruto, right? He, he aspires to be the Hokage, right? The head of the family, right? The head of the village, the leader of the hidden leaf, the hidden leaf. And he says, this is how if you like a husband role, right? Like he said, uh, the Hokage is the one that walks in front of everybody else, right? And he bears like the burden of everything. So the people behind him don't have to, you know, deal with that stuff. So as a dad, as a husband, as like a leader, as the head of a house, like, Larry, do you feel like, man, you're enduring, man. You carry it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Is it, do you have that time hey, to be like, hey, I, look, I, I, I hear, I hear your question. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the, the honest truth. Right. And I think Alicia's going to like this. Yo, bro. Lean on a strong woman, bro. Like, 
I got, I got, I got like, yo, my best friends is females. Yo, anybody that know me know I grew up with best friends as females. And yo, believe it or not, they were just my friends. You feel me? Like they were just giving me advice, telling me on how, how I was doing it. You feel me? And then I treat everybody with respect first. You know, growing up in Trenton, I grew up with the mean mug first. I grew up, you know, cat with tunnel vision. Don't talk to them if they don't look at you, if they don't talk first. But then I kind of switched that up and uh, things have been working a little bit better for me. And so, and then, you know, it's cool to be the boss and, and you know, do your own thing, yo. But I promise y'all females like to be included. You feel me? And so, <laughs> and so that's my trick, bro. If you get cool. married, lean on your wife, yo. They love 50-50, bro. For real, for real. That's that's a real thing. They love it, yo. I knew Brandon was gonna find a way to ask that question. He's hey. he's very stuck on that thought process. I can't help it. That's it, man. And no, what it sounds like is Brandon just you know. I mean, I feel like everybody wants to be married. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a husband. I didn't I didn't know what it meant or what it was gonna be like, but I wanted the experience, right? Because it meant that I was going to be a female that I that I loved, and that and that whole concept, I feel like everybody wants to see what that's like. And and then I think depression has something to do with loneliness. You know what I mean? Like as people, we are meant to co-create, which means mm. not by ourselves. You feel me? We meant to be with other people. So if you're if you have a girlfriend, or even let's say you a, 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 a let's say you love the ladies and you got a bunch of girlfriends, right? When you get by yourself, the thoughts that you have is what contributes to your depression, right? Right. Am I doing the right thing? Should I marry one? Should I leave them all? Should I? And then you go on out there with a straight face like everything is good. Everything is not good, bro. You got to make a decision, man. You got to figure out what you want to do. But I'm sorry, Alicia. I'm talking too much. You're good, Larry. You're good. No, I, um, like I said, I, I. I, I'm open to you guys taking the conversation wherever you want to take it. Cause like I said, this is, I'm just the, I'm facilitating this event. I'm making sure you guys have a safe space to talk about these types of things and get these questions answered to each other. That was why I asked guys like you, because I know you all have different backgrounds and different ex experiences and stuff like that. Um, some may be similar in some ways, but you each have a different path that you walked in life. Um, so, like I said, so we talked about um, how you feel society takes on your mental health or how you feel society takes on your mental health. Um, and Larry, you said like you manage it yourself. It's your mental health. It's kind of like, uh, well, I forget what movie it was or who, what comedian said it, but like, how can I ruin your self-esteem? It's your self-esteem. So esteem of self. Um, I can agree with that. Um, I think I more so think about I do hate, like I said, in a, per or like you said, in a perfect world, I do hate that it is thought, uh, thought about that men should just bury how they feel about things. I, part of the reason why I am so focused in on men's mental health is because I do believe that there is something to say about a man leading. And as you said, a strong woman will follow a strong man. And that doesn't make her any less strong. Um, but I think that if we, addressed the mental health of men more and respected it more, there would be a lot more stronger men. So there would be a lot more for women to follow and it would make things a whole lot easier. And like I've always said, I feel like a lot of women's problems would be solved if we respected or if men's mental health was taken seriously and they were able to get the help they needed. Um, it's not like I want to coddle men, 
or like not holding your hand, but I do want it to be taken seriously on how you guys process things and making sure that you find healthy ways to process things so we can all run harmoniously. Can, can, I, can I just throw something out there? I do think mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with mental health, but I think it has more to do with emotional health. And that's why it affects men more because we are not taught how to use our emotions effectively. As a kid, you know, as a kid, I was told not to cry. Like that is like prison type type behavior. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like a control factor to hold something in that you don't really want to. You know what I mean? Like we, there's a reason why we cry. So I don't know why, you know, it was ever taught to hold it in, but it's, it's things like that. I think I love mental health because our mind controls everything, but I think it's more about emotional. But that, emotional. that ties into it. So when you go to a therapist or a counselor, they teach you emotional um, regulation, right? So every psychology class I've taken, it's been how over time, because right now we'll, we're doing developmental. So from children, from adolescence on and children develop the ability to process certain emotions by what they see, what's modeled to them and what they're told. And it's that that whole process is a part of your mental health. If you're not taught how to properly communicate or manage said emotions, then you act out a certain way. Um, so all those things are, are very, very important. You're absolutely right. As a child, if you're taught you're not supposed to cry or if you're or I've used this example before when I was on TikTok of people who who are constantly when your kid is is hitting like so you say you have two kids and two kids are hitting each other and you hit one like, no, don't hit. It's like that's not necessarily constructive in how you're teaching them to not hit. You're hitting them when you just told them not to hit. And kids are very, very big. If you have children, you know, they will mirror everything you do. So it's, it's learning, it's unlearning those, those things and teaching your kids so that they move on and make better decisions. Um, uh, for, and since we're talking about kids, so I know everyone in here doesn't have kids. Uh, I think there's only, yeah, only two of you, uh, Brandon and Larry have kids. Um, with your kids, do you feel like when you had them, how, so like Larry said, right, he was taught not to cry. Do you think that you as a parent now realize that that wasn't beneficial to you? So you wanted to teach your children. Otherwise you say you have a son, he's only a year old. So he's not completely in that phase where he even comprehends everything, just like my one-year-old. Um, but as he gets older, how do you plan on addressing and making sure he understands his emotions better? Brandon, would you like to go first? Because I, I feel like I, I don't want to just uh, keep taking all the talking time. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm about to listen to what you got to say because I have a little girl. So, you know what I'm saying? I try to, it's a totally different approach with her, I would imagine, versus like trying to, to raise a boy. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have a dad. So, you know, I, hey, man. Guys, don't cry, man. We don't talk about emotions. We don't talk about feelings. You know what I'm saying? That's it. No problem. Yeah. First off, we do cry, and it's cool, and we ain't yeah. no bitch. I fight just as hard as I do when I cry than when I don't cry. So, But no, I was. I, see, I kind of have a cheat code with kids, and so that's kind of why. I, I was a foster parent for five and a half years, and I had a co-ed um, co um, home. And so I got some experience dealing with 
boy settings and teenage girl settings. So I didn't seen it all. But what I think the most is kids, kids listen to their friends, kids action from what they see. And they tend to action based on the, the same sex that they see. So boys tend to respond to behaviors when they see men doing certain things. My son already knows us how to close doors. He, he's, he, he can't wait to take out the trash. Like he watches me do stuff and he's seen me do it so much that he, he feels like that's what he's supposed to do now. So now he's waiting for the moment he can say, all right, dad, get out the way, you know? And so it's, it's kind of like mental conditioning, you know, it's, it's the same way we were conditioned to think that we weren't allowed to cry, but my son cries all the damn time. You feel me? It's just that as he gets older, I'm not gonna, you know, there's this age at, at about seven, eight, nine, where we say, all right, all right, cut that out. Well, why are they really crying though? Like, what are you crying for? And then once you start getting to that, that's when you start making strides with kids. And so my daughter is, uh, she's turning 16 on April 8th. She was actually put up for adoption. Um, her mother, she didn't do it for a bad reason. Yo, I was 18. I was in high school and she thought she was going to ruin my life. And so she put our daughter up for adoption without my knowledge of it completely. So I did find out. But by the time I found out, it was it was a bit too late to do anything about it. And so, you know. It's, it was a hard dynamic to because I've always wanted to have a kid, right? Even when I was a kid, but it was like, I know what having a kid too early can do to you. So it was a little bit of that relief, but that what if type of type of thing, you feel me? And so, you know, and I'm pretty sure that that kind of contributed to my depression, right? Like, where's my daughter who's taking care of her and things like that. I have reached out to her parents and, and stuff like that, but it's still, it's, it's, it's still a trauma that somebody mm -hmm. has to get over it, you know what I mean? My, my And so I learned from that situation and with my wife, from the moment she told me that she was having our son till now, I just try to be there whenever she needs something. And when he's there, kids just want attention. It's not about how much time, it's about when you do have time, it's their time. You feel me? My son, I work a lot. I'm trying to, re, I'm trying to uh, rebuild ghettos. And so I'm very busy. But when I'm with my son, I'm with my son. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Brandon, are you making sure that you're raising an emotionally competent little girl? Uh, definitely. I have to. I mean, mm -hmm. um, because I acknowledge my my flaws, my faults. Uh, you know, things that I don't. You know, I'm not firing firing on all cylinders on. But I mean, it's probably not. She's a she's a girl, right? So I want her to be, you know, like emotionally stable and you know competent and able to, you know, what I'm saying, if you're crying, what's wrong with you? You know, calm down, take a deep breath, tell me what's going on. Um, so like hearing Larry talk about it, because I'm like, dang, how would I rate? Would I raise a boy the same way? Is, is that is that is I would think so. I, I would hope so, but um, I don't know. I think so. Let me see. No. Nope. We not we not raised to look at women and men the same. I can tell you right now, you don't. Females have less control. They're they, like they get less trust, and it's it's something you got to learn. They necessarily shouldn't, and that that tends to cause some of the other issues and things like that. But if I was a dad, I would probably be a dad like some of the dads that I grew up with in my neighborhood. Like my kids better be in the house at a certain time. Right. My, and I and I told my wife, I'm happy I had an older son. Because if any girls is in my house, 
or I mean, if if my if I have a daughter and she bring any boys in my house, I don't want to put my hands on any kids. You feel me? So I needed a son first. You feel me? But it's really just all about respect, man. I was a kid. I understand kids want to have fun, but we need to make sure that they're having safe, healthy fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think you wouldn't raise them the same, bro. That was the main point. <laughs> yeah. So Marcellus and Matt, do you feel like when you have children, do you think that you're going to model what you had as guidance for con- emotion control and mental health and all that? Or do you think you want to go a different route with it? I think I want to go a different oh, no. route. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you on that one. I'm glad you <laughs> agree. <laughs> so, and with that, like, because I mean, we all are all somewhat around the similar uh, age range and all that. And I'm assuming, I mean, for me, um, some of you guys have met my mom before. Some of you haven't. And everyone who's met my mom always thinks that she's like awesome. She's all right. Um, but she, she was very, very much so allowing of me to have, you know, a a range of emotions, right. And teaching me how to handle each one of those emotions. My need for therapy and all that stuff was never because of her. Um, but I will say that like, so Larry, you said like you're, you're raising them different or you have to raise a male and female differently. Well, in some aspects, I agree. Um, But on other aspects, I disagree only because I do think that boys, I honestly think boys need a little bit more just because I don't like, like I said, I don't like the way society raises boys as far as not allowing them the same graces that they allow women, if that makes sense. I understand. But for me, what the difference is, is boys need to be taught leadership and girls don't. Now, it's not that girls can't be leaders. That's not what I'm saying. Girls tend to follow strong men. So if you have a strong leader of men, then it's naturally you're going to have strong female leaders that's going to follow. But my thing is, it's natural for a man to lead. And so I feel like if I'm going to be raising a young man, I need to teach him leadership qualities. And there are actually... 21 laws of leadership if you guys have never heard of them it's a book out there called the 21 laws of leadership you should go and check it out and um i'm I'm an audio book person but um i feel like those are foundations that you just want to teach your your kids you know like um like right now i work at i work at the number two cannabis company in the country and we're we're expanding rapidly but one of the one of the laws of leadership is the law of the lid and the law of the lid just states that you can't grow faster than you've or than you've planned for. So it doesn't matter how much money I have. If I don't have the workers to work, work for me, it doesn't matter. Right. And so it's kind of that concept. You know, you got you can't try to outgrow people too fast. And you got it. It, it also kind of hones in on you need people to grow with you. You can't just grow by yourself. There's a ceiling to your own potential. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. So, um. Just to rally it all around back. Hold on one second. I just wanted to see. Sorry, I was moving my screen around. Um, So as far as revolving it back around with society, um, I know Larry said he doesn't feel as though. But do any of you feel as though there is a painted picture of how black men in society view things or how their mental health is processed? Do you think that there is a blueprint or a stigma? And if so, do you think that 
it's true. Do you think that it's a good blueprint of what it is? Marcellus, go ahead. You raise your hand. Uh, so I don't think it's true, but yes, there is a stigma. Uh, we also get the stigma of being black. So they think we have uh, super, superhuman capabilities, uh, um, like uh, how they uh, think that we experience uh, less pain uh, mm -hmm. than we actually do. So we get that stigma as well. And then um, not to mention, we do get the, the stigma of, of being a man. So we're taught to, to man up. We're taught to, uh, to kind of suppress it, um, that, it's, that it's a feminine trait to actually uh, feel things and express your feelings. Um, even in, in, in cases when, you know, you, you are courting, um, you know, uh, women, uh, there may be cases where, you know, you're, you experiencing or, or expressing your emotions may be deemed as a, a sign of poor leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. uh, so that makes you uh, less desirable. So I do think there is a stigma. I don't find it true because um, not uh, expressing yourself properly emotionally um, could lead to violence, um, could lead to domestic abuse in, in a relationship because you have these 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 emotions that weren't dealt with properly. Uh, so you, you begin to lash out and and eventually whatever you suppress has to come out sometime. Absolutely. That's 100 percent true. Can't just keep burying everything. And that is a huge issue for a lot of men. And and there, here's something that I, I don't know if, if you guys know, but so people constantly do speak on women and their emotions and their lack of control of said emotions and their mental health. But people also don't realize that men are actually leading in suicides in this country. Well, in the world, actually. Um, so with that being said, I think there's a lot to go forth with the status of mental health for men in America, right? Specifically, just because that's where we are. Um, it's lacking a lot. So... Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that I think that the blueprint is wrong. I think that I think there is one and I think that it's wrong. I think that it's terrible in how it treats um, men in general. Um, so if you could have any changes, like what would you want them to see as far as a representation of men or black men in general, as far as how they regulate their emotions, how they just go about their day-to-day -day life and handle things. How would you want them to be presented? Honestly, just tell the truth. If you got to cry, cry. If something is funny, laugh. If it, if it makes you upset, don't laugh. Like emotions aren't that difficult, man. It's just when you get to the extremes, right? If you get, I've seen people get too excited and get hit by cars after they won stuff. I've seen people get so low that, you know, it's the opposite, you know, they don't come out the house and then you get bad news about what they've done to themselves. So I think it's about having a healthy balance and then just like, it, it, it sounds so simple, but care about yourself, man. Self-care, man, healthy balance and healthy balance is morally do what you do. It is right. But also do what you want to do sometimes. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, not, and I'm not trying to tell anybody do anything inappropriate or anything like that. I'm really just saying like, you know, if you like to do something that your significant other doesn't like to do, don't not do it. Just go and do it without them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Hit your homie up and be like, yo, let's go to this because my wife ain't coming. And you can still have a good time and do that. And then, you know, go home and you with your wife. So 
for me, I definitely think it is an issue, but I don't think it's as hard as as possible. I, I Matt is somebody who works with my charity, so I, I talk with Matt daily, and I and I grow because of it. But um, part of that is just having people that you can honestly talk to that you yeah. don't feel like going to judge you or you know. And for some people, that's a therapist, but I prefer not to pay mom. <laughs> and so, I mean, hey, whatever, like I said, whatever gets <laughs> your moments, you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars to go talk to somebody in a room. Absolutely not. Uh, I, I've even said to people before, it can be as small as going to your barber, like whoever is your person is your person. And and you could have multiple persons for whatever situations. Right. So um, I will. OK, so so speaking on. um relationships so uh brandon you can use previous ones because i know you're saying that you're single right now so in your relationships that you guys are in right now do you feel as though the person that you're with do they take your mental health seriously i know larry obviously he said he's got a strong woman that he can lean on so i'm sure she definitely respects your mental health and making sure you get in your space and all that stuff in marcellus you does your fiance you said you talked to her she's good with that yeah, so she's actually she actually is a counselor. Um, oh. she, she so uh, she's in the profession. Um, she'll listen to what I have to say, and if there's a specific issue that that she can't really resolve, um, she'll even set up the appointments for me to talk to somebody. Mm. Um, Sounds to like talk a strong woman. Yep. <laughs> um, Brandon or Matt? I'm sorry, can you ask that question again? Yeah, sure. Um, do you feel as though like you and your partner are on the same wave, same wavelength as far as like your mental health and both of you guys are like, yeah, like that's important. What, what's important to you is what's important to me as far as that's concerned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in my relationship, mental health is uh, definitely big. So it's um, something that um, we definitely have to focus on for us to, uh, for it to even be a successful relationship, you know what I mean? So it's definitely important. Yeah, that's, Brandon, any previous relationships that you can contest to or where it didn't, you know? Um, hey man, growth is, growth is amazing. You know, it's beautiful. Uh, <sighs> I mean, you don't, if, if you don't, that's fine. And I don't want you to have to bash anybody. Like I said, we are no, not no, a I'm bashing not gonna, area. No, no, I'm not going to bash anybody. Um, I don't know. Like I'm a, like I, I will say this. I just I wasn't operating efficiently, you know, effectively. Okay. Um. So, it might be a like my I'm concerned about your mental health, but I might not voice mine. Okay. So I don't know if it's like this like savior complex or like I'm a people pleaser type of thing, but I'm more concerned about you, you know, and how you're feeling and stuff like that. So I really, if you're good, I'm good. I'm nonchalant mm-hmm. about a lot of things. And that's probably like some type of coping mechanism or like some character flaw that might be in there somewhere. I haven't dug deep enough to see it, but man, I'll, I'll make your mental health a priority, but mine more so is just kind of, yeah, I'll be all right. Okay. I mean, I would yeah. hope like, do you think that that you would be willing to try that in future relationships though? Being able oh, to- for, for yeah. sure, for sure. Listen- I'm gonna sing like a canary now, <laughs> just because it's like I don't. I, women care, you know. 
Some women don't care. You find the right one, you find that strong woman. She, she, hey man, what you got going on up there? You're not talking much. You're not moving the same. Uh, you ain't played a game in a couple of days. You know, she's gonna start picking up on the things that you know you typically do that you're not doing. So then yeah. she might start inquiring. So, um, man, I aspire to find find that strong black woman. That you know what I'm saying. Her mental health is important to me, just like mine is important to her. And uh, yeah. you know, we looking. Okay. All right. So I'm going to switch it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, Larry. I just jump in really yeah, quick. Um, I think that he, Brandon just said one of the biggest issues that I believe we have in mental health, and this has nothing to do with what race you are or anything. Mm-hmm. I think both parties in, in a relationship tend to focus on the other party's mental health. And I don't think y'all know how difficult that is because we're not in their mental. And so you're trying to make somebody happy who might be undecided, who might not even know what they really want. It sounds like a risky gamble to me. Me personally, I prefer to focus on my mental. I prefer for my wife to focus on her mental. And so, and at least you asked the question to lead this up. Do we have the same mental? To me, it's like a seesaw. Sometimes I'm in a better mental state. Sometimes she's in a better mental state. It's all about what factors in. When we were purchasing our house, I was probably in a crazier mental state. When she was having our baby, she was probably in a crazier mental state. So it's all it's all about, you know, what's going on in your life and things like that. But to me, the, the goal is to not care. And I don't mean not care, like don't care about your wife. I mean, don't care whose state is off or not. Like if that's your wife, that's your wife, bro. She, she, listen, she ain't, she off. All you there to do is support and vice versa. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But it's conversations that you got to have by yourself to get over depression, man, because that's when that's when people are at, at their lowest. I can I can understand that. I do uh, go back to um, Will Smith made the quote or I mean, I know everyone doesn't necessarily like their marriage anymore. But back in the day when Will made the comment about how Jada's happiness is not determined by him, she determines her own happiness. And I think that is an issue with I'm, I'm going to say with the, some of the men that I've dated, actually almost all of them is their need. Like you, like Brandon said, the savior complex where it's like, I constantly have to help you. I have to make sure that you're good. I have to check on you. I am a very vocal person. If I'm upset by something, I'm going to tell you whether you're my friend, you're my family. Well, sometimes with family, but my friend or my relationship, I am very, very vocal in my life. So if I'm upset by something, I have no problem telling a person anymore. I went through a phase where I wasn't okay with it and it was not beneficial to my health. So now I've gone the complete opposite. So I do, I can, as far as my experience, I do hundred percent see how some men feel like they have to give all that to the woman that they're with and they don't take care of themselves. So I, I get what you're saying, Larry, especially you, you have to be able to focus in on yourself because if both of y'all are happy, and focused on your happiness, then it's just all copacetic, you know, between the two of you. Um, Brandon, you did, was that your hand up from before or was it up again? It was up, but I kind of forgot what I was going to ask. I think it was <laughs> something relatively close to what Larry said or what you said. Uh-huh. And um, I think it you're, was. You don't remember. I can't. Yeah, I, can't I was about to say, man. if you hey, remember, don't worry. If it's, don't, if, if it's gone, it's gone. I'm not getting it back. I'm, I'm not going to be able to remember. It was probably like, um, I, I remember when Will Smith said that, you know, she's responsible for hers. I'm responsible for mine, you know, and yeah. then we come together and we're happy. Um, 
I think it was like, you know. I mean, you were saying about the whole savior complex that you seem to have and all of that, do you, or uh, I don't know, I'm trying remember. to jog your mind. Um, yeah, so I, I, am, I, I am going to switch it up a little bit because I have like two more questions and I don't want to take up all of your guys' evenings. Um, so one is, what is your impression of toxic masculinity? What do you think it means? What do you think that people manipulate it? If you think people manipulate it to mean anything, what do you view toxic masculinity as? Calling yourself God. Calling yourself God. Jesus. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, it's, 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 a, it's a level, right? It's like, what, what's the gauge between confidence and ego, right? So it's like, men have to be confident in order for us to do the things that we have to do. When we have ego, though, it makes other people feel a certain type of way. So that that's, again, everything is on that meter of balance. And I'm sorry, I got a goofballs making a noise behind me. You're good. But no, I, I can agree with that. And I, I, I will say that, like, you do see a lot of men who their ego is so much that they don't take care of themselves even. Like, we're, if we talk about physical health, a lot of men are like, oh, I'm big and strong. As you said, I'm God, knock on wood, because I don't want to get strike down. Um, but they'll they'll go on and say that. And then they won't there. They broke their leg and they'll just keep it trucking. Right. Like, it's like, wait a minute. Or I don't want I'm not going to take this medicine because I'm good. Like, it's like, no, you you need some help, bro. Like, take the time. to. T- oh, Brandon, did you do something like that? He making a face. Go ahead, Marcellus. I see your hand up. I can add to that. Uh, So um, like Larry was saying, uh, ego has a tendency to make us um, not be honest with who we are. And I Mm -hmm. think uh, toxic masculinity um, uh, conditions us to do that. Uh, The toxic, uh, um, I guess, assumptions or stereotypes of what a man should be uh, is is passed on to us. And Mm -hmm. our ego um, prevents us from being honest with who we are. Like, for example, if you want to um, pick up a flower and, and, and smell roses and, and, and things like that, you know, society may not find that masculine, but you don't have to go along with uh, society as long as you're securing yourself and who you are and you're honest Absolutely. with who you are. Mm-hmm. Brandon, what's yours? I just want to piggyback off what my man Marcella said. Listen, <laughs> if it's a rose there, I'm picking the rose. I'm a smoke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, hey, it's, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't, I want to say I don't have toxic masculinity, but uh, in all honesty, I really don't know exactly what it means. If I had to think in my head, I'd be like, oh, would it be like a something remotely close to like narcissistic, a narcissist? I don't know what toxic masculinity is. So if you could like explain what your version of it is, and I might be like, oh, okay. I mean, my version of toxic masculinity comes more so down to how people would push masculinity onto others. So my idea of masculinity is, as Larry has said over and over again, as far as what uh, what a man should be is is a leader. Right. Mm -hmm. So that is a masculine trait by societal terms, because I do say that things like uh, you all, uh, anybody who knows me, I'm very um, gender is a societal construct, that whole thing. But a masculine 
trait would be a leadership trait, right? As far as what society deems it to be. So a toxic masculinity would be somebody denying um, someone a leadership position or saying that they're not a leader simply because they do things like stopping and smelling the roses, Ah, right? So it's like, like, oh, you, or, or the idea that they do quote unquote feminine things, right? So it's the idea that, because I mean, as Larry said, women can have leadership qualities, right? Mm -hmm. So why can't men also be leaders and have societal feminine qualities, right? So Mm -hmm. men who I like a clean house, so I'm constantly cleaning or men who I like cooking and I'm good at cooking. Those are quote unquote societal feminine traits, but that man can still be a leader. Some of the best chefs are men. And yeah. they are the, my, I just learned this today. The term chef is actually French for boss. So mm. it's like, if you're in that position, if you've ever, what, what is his name? I'm sorry. I'm going to ask it. Is it Gordon Ramsay? The one that's always yelling at people. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Can't nobody tell me that that man isn't masculine. So right. it's like, it's the concept that things like that are not masculine or or good that's toxic masculinity is telling you you have to be all this and can't have these extra bits that are quote-unquote societal terms of femininity so i don't want to seem rude Mm -hmm. but like you're describing this and i'm like man that sounds like a really insecure man (laughs) and that's what people say yes absolutely who am i to say hey bro you smell those roses is kind of sus you're not a man Exactly right. There that are makes men no who, sense. There well, are Brandon, who, you're you're touching oh. on it right now. Yes, it, it, but you're right. It's just that it's not about being insecure in front of other people. It's about feeling insecure when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Understand? And so uh-huh. that's why it's easy to do anything when my boys around. Are you charging into a group of another guys if you ain't got your five guys with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, but it's. it's, it's it's toxic masculinity making me do bad math where I'm like, man, it's one, it's five of them. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the baby situation. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? No, My that man would the, be toxic. You trying to fight five dudes because if you had okay. the five, you you feel me, it'd be even fight. So that, that's what I mean. Like, that's the toxic thing. But if you had a boy, right, and you team the next day, and he was like, yo, it was five of them tried to jump me. I knocked all of them out. We think that was the coolest story on earth, though. Right. So that's what I mean. We, we've developed things to trick us to, to, to not recognize toxic masculinity in its purest form, mm-hmm. which so, is really just trying to outdo other people when you don't have yeah. to. Ah. Or even you, you go into you who go into situations. I've had friend guy friends who would post things online or talk about things in group settings where it's like, oh, like, yo, I was at the gym and this dude was like benching or squatting or did this and did that. And somebody was like, bro, that's sus. That's gay. And it's like, I'm gay because I'm in the oh. gym and I see somebody else doing it's no, I'm admiring that person. And I'm like, right. man, I wish I could squat that much. I wish I could bench Thanks. that much. There's not that's. That's a sense of security in yourself, being able to identify things in other people that you admire or want to emulate. Um, I had the conversation with a guy before because uh, uh, someone I follow had posted and he was saying how honestly for him, he doesn't understand like he is not actively seeking it. He is a a heterosexual man, but he had a gay man hit on him on social media and he was like, hey, thanks, bro, but not interested, but thanks, bro. And he made the video saying he was like, dude, 
I know I'm hot because I got girls and dudes <laughs> checking for me. And somebody commented and was like, dude, you're sus, you're sus. You're and he's sus. like, he's like, no, I don't want dude. He was like, I'm just saying like, I could steal your mom and your dad if I really wanted to. I don't want to, but I could. And it's just understanding <laughs> like he's so he was so secure in his sexuality that he didn't see an issue with that. But other people did. That's the end. It's like you said, it's an insecurity that pushes the toxic masculinity um, narrative. So I do notice, though, that toxic masculinity and this is going to caveat into my next question um, that it can breed unhealthy tendencies. So an example would be. Um, my question to you guys, what would you tell either your younger self or a young man, a young black man who wonders whether it's okay to seek help with dealing with their mental health or their physical health, just their health in general? The first thing I do is ask them how their day is going, because <laughs> for the most part, most people don't be asked about them. You yeah. feel me? Like when you get people to focus on themselves, that's when self-growth happens. You know what I mean? And so the easiest beginning way that I'd use to start that is asking people about them. But how's your day? What you get into? Where you work at? What you what you got going on? What you doing in your community? And like when you get people talking about themselves, it's also a trick because most people don't think negative of themselves. So they're going to start saying all the good stuff. Right. They're going to start saying everything that they do, everything that, that they're impressive, that, that they that they're good at. You know what I mean? And then now you can have a, a level conversation because depression is really just the, the most, it's like being embarrassed, nervous, and scared at the same time. Like depression is the worst feeling you could have for yourself. And I think when people start understanding that, ain't nobody else looking at you a certain type of way. Depression is you look at yourself a certain type of way. And again, I also think it's when you're by yourself. So it's about keeping that mindset of I'm a good person. I'm a great person all the time, not just when I'm in front of other people. Yeah. But that's just me. And I, that's my last question. I'm listening to the rest of you guys talk. <laughs> all right, Brandon or Marcellus. Go ahead, Marcellus. I'm listening to you, man. Uh, so what I would tell my younger self is that it's okay to cry despite what, what you've been told and that, um, you don't have to fight or put so much focus on, on other people's validation of you. Um, mm -hmm. When I was younger, I spent a lot of my, my effort and mental energy trying to, trying to get other people to validate me. Um, and that was a fool's errand because you can, you can try. It's like chasing the dragon. The people who care about you, they'll validate you by default. Uh, but chasing validation from others is, is something that, you know, it's it's a it's like chasing the dragon. It's something that that may or may not happen, and you can't yeah. you can't build your your mental health uh, and base your mental health on 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 that. Absolutely, and and it is, and it, it leads to the question of like, why do we seek validation from these people? Because nine times out of ten, they're not even people that deserve are wanting a validation, if that makes sense, because those who give it or those who, like you said, give it without right already care about us anyway. So those should be the only people that we're honestly concerned about as far as that's as far as that goes. Go ahead, Brandon. Man, I'm listening to Larry and Marcellus talk, right? <laughs> and I'm like, man, if I if I could tell my younger self something, 
I don't even think he listened to it. It just be like, all right, I hear you, bro. Hey. That's back. <laughs> <laughs> he would, he would, I know he wouldn't listen. He would, yeah, I hear you, bro. And then keep trooping. Um, I don't. I would just be like, man. I I, I will say though, I don't think I. It was probably like a time frame where I was like doing a lot of stuff I shouldn't have been doing. I don't know if I was seeking validation from others. I was probably just being a knucklehead, but. I was always kind of just me, you know, if I was weird, I was weird. You know, if I wasn't popular, if I was popular, it didn't really matter, but I don't think I would be receptive to it. Not at all. I, and man, those high school, those younger days, man, I was in it. Like, I'm not going to cry. You know, I'm not going to tell you whatever, man. I'm just, just, just broken, man. Hurt people, hurt people. And that, that's, I don't know, man, I've, I've grown a lot. Do you think that there was there's a reason why you wouldn't have been receptive, though? Like if we could trace it back to the stem of the issue, what do you think it would have been? That mass, that negative masculinity of I got it. And it's just wrong. And it's and I'm wrong as hell. You wrong as hell back then, man. Also, understand. And I will say this, um, (laughs) that toxic masculinity isn't something that only men can put out there. Facts. into the universe because okay. i was right? going to bring that up yes oh, women definitely can push that narrative um and and sometimes it's even worse when it comes from women because that i will say is a person that you guys seek validation from oh snap you, my bad <laughs> you're fine oh marcel's man what you got man would you would you have listened to you like would younger you have listened to you now uh, probably not. Um, younger, <laughs> younger me had had uh, young me was focused on what other people thought, and if, if people thought the wrong things, younger me would go beat them up. Oh, yeah, okay. that was. I was a I was a fighter. Um, uh, back in back in high school, middle school. If if like I was always seeking that validation, and if if the validation. It didn't come where there was some form of embarrassment or 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 something of that nature. I, I I fought, and and it was wrong, and it was something I had to develop out of. So, young younger me might have been rebellious to whatever. <laughs> <I had. laughs> that was a great question. That's an that's an honest way of. I, I'm glad that you guys could be honest about that. Um, saying that you're younger, you wouldn't necessarily be apprehensive to which or being or be be able to take in what you were you were telling them um i do think that that's i mean that's still an ongoing thing so it's something that i believe that we as a society and as parents and as you know or uncles or whomever you are to someone that starting from the bottom and teaching them you know to i like it is i i I mean and even me as a girl Trust me, my aunt and my mom used to tell me things and I was like, yeah, sure, sis, like whatever you say. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a male trait as far as that's concerned. But there is a lot to say for learning from people who are either in the position that you want to be in or people who have made mistakes that you don't want to make. So there is something to say for that, but it's just figuring out how we can better approach the youth. Um. If, if I was going to give a recommendation to approaching the youth, 
I would tell you that the youth like to hear your words, but they really don't care about them. The youth are a show and prove movement. So you're oh, better yeah. off going and doing some work. And then they may not say what you want them to say in the moment, but they understand what's going on. Sometimes adults want to control kids and want them to prove that they're right, that they are good and we, they understand. But man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was a bad kid. Eventually I got it. But I feel like sometimes we put too much pressure on our kids to be good people. And it's like, bro, we grow up to into adults. We still good people, man. Like even if we made well, bad mistakes. So for my question, I'm not necessarily speaking on like behavior wise. I more okay. so mean like so when you have a young person who's just like they they are upset about something, but they just don't want to to deal with it or they keep pushing it off to the side. Right. So, example, for me, when I was younger, I would bottle up a lot of things. And there were women in my life who tried to help me not do so. There were some that told me to continue to bottle it up. But there were women in my life who were trying to help me with better managing my emotions. And I'm sure mm. for, for boys, it's there probably is even lesser of a pool of people trying to come and help younger men get a better hold of their emotions and understanding that it's okay to either, you know, like we said, go to a barber or go to a specific friend or go to a counselor, whatever you need to help with whatever. It's getting past that stigma because I mean, I don't know necessarily about the civilian world too much, but I mean, Brandon and Marcellus can contest to this in the military. It's basically like, no, you don't go to behavioral health. And if you do, everyone's looking at you crazy. So in the civilian world, I often wonder if we're like, cause yeah, you get people who laugh like, oh, high schools are having safe spaces now. Why do a high school student need a safe space? But at the end of the day, like they're still human beings and they mm -hmm. still are exposed to the same things we're exposed to as adults. So you have children who are seeing, cause I need mental health days. After, when we were going through 2019, 2018, 2020, 2021, and you're constantly seeing people of color being gunned down on the news. I needed a mental health day after that. So it's like, and these teenagers are seeing the same thing. And they have, and in my opinion, they do. Well, not in my opinion, it's been scientifically shown through psychology that they do have a lesser ability than we do to have control over their emotions because it's still developing. So, question? oh yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I, I would imagine, you know, as a, as a woman, as a younger, uh, young female, um, Women talk, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be, uh, you'll, you'll have mentors, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I honestly can say, I don't ever remember seeing like a grown man cry. Like ever. I don't remember somebody, I know no one ever told me, hey man, it's okay to cry, bro. Like, you know, it's okay to, you know, feel bad, you know, realize where you are, you know, take a deep breath and acknowledge all these things and talk about it. I've, I've never seen, I've never seen an uncle cry. I've never seen a, a cousin cried, none of that stuff. So then, you know, I, my mom and my sister, that's all I ever had, you know? So I don't know, man. It's like, I, guess, I, 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 I never did I it because I never seen it. I, no one ever said like, yo, bro, like he's like Larry said, okay, you got a million dollars. That's cool. You got a million dollars. Like, I'm happy for you. Tell me how you got that a million dollars. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, show me, put, show me how you went from here to here, and then that's going to resonate with me as like as an adolescent. Yeah, I didn't see nobody cry. So if I, I never, if I never seen it cry, what am what I'm going to think? Hey, it's okay to do it. And, I don't even know how to cry. Answer, I might ugly cry. That that's it. My answer to that is number one. I have female mentors, and like this is something I don't think a lot of men even think about, bro. Like, like yo, we can learn a lot of stuff about ourselves from females right like our emotions are not different we just feel them at different times mm-hmm. so if you listen to if you listen to females who who specialize in emotions or things like that or or even if you want to go the spiritual route and start focusing on people who talk about vibrations i think it's all going to bring you into the same space of kind of like i'm trying to understand your emotions and like what what you're receiving and how you even got there so like for me I don't, I don't, I don't really try to, to, I'm not trying to brag or anything. I'm just speaking from my experience, but I don't, I don't really get mad that much anymore. Like, and I, I don't think most people have a bad, like, I don't know anybody's life, but I feel like life isn't that bad. It's just, it could be a, it could be a bit better. And so that is, that is like my thing. You know what I mean? Like, bro, Brandon, bro, I grew up with cousins that got money and I'm just like everybody else who was on the cusp of making a lot of money but didn't have a teacher and then I just got a little bit of confidence and I talked to uh, an investor and he told me some of the stuff about what they look for in the top and so it got me a little bit more comfortable asking people how did you do that instead of waiting for them to tell me how did you do that how did you do that and you'll be surprised how many people will tell you how they did something if you just go direct. We just don't do it often. You feel me? Like, bro, how did you do that? And give him a second. Yo, he might not want to tell you right now. Wait, wait, wait a day or two, though. He might reach back out to you and say, oh, this is how you do it. My bad. I was busy. You feel me? I mean, me? I think so- it's more so, though, like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, more so how did you get like an emotional regulation? Like, cause you're saying, Brandon, you've never, you never had someone or a male in your life who cried in front of you or who showed you that it was okay. Cause like we said, kids are definitely models of behavior. So it's like, if you don't have someone showing you that that's okay. And everything you see on TV, as we said, or as you said, like, you know, watching anime, usually the male character is the leader. And so if you are seeing that and you don't see representation of males allowing themselves to have emotions Mm -hmm. then how are you able to do it yourself right so again that goes back to my thought process of as far as being adults and us being adults is making sure that we do push that narrative and push that representation marcellus go ahead Uh, so for me um because i was i was I was in a situation where I didn't see men cry. I didn't see men ex- express emotions and things like that. Um, what ended up happening was I had the realization that I was becoming or going down a path um, that I didn't want to go go down. So that kind of made me uh, start to do research and get into mental health and, and figure out how to feel emotions. So uh, back in 2015, I was robbed at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my reaction to it because, you know, I suppress everything was, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get some people. We're going to, we're going to go, we're going to go get this. We're going to, we're, we're going to kill them. Hmm. And that was, I was like, 
I was like, but I don't, I was having the battle with myself of like, I have a good future ahead of me. I'm in grad school, getting my master's in cybersecurity. But at the same time, it was like, you can't, you, 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 you can't be a victim. You can't be soft. You can't be vulnerable. That's, that's, that's feminine. And it ate at me because it was like, do I throw my future away to feel like a man mm. or do I just kind of eat this? And eventually, like, I, had, I realized that I shouldn't even be having this battle. So I had to go talk to somebody and, and basically say how I feel. And that's what kind of got me into, into therapy and, and realizing that it's okay to feel things. And, and I do often hate that people, I hate the word victim, right? So, um, and I don't know if your therapist said this to you, Marcellus, or what, but like, so for me, the thought process of what you went through is more so of a survival thing. You survived it. You had a gun pointed at you. They could have killed you, but you did not die. So you survived an incident. So it's, it's being able to take yourself away from the situation in that whole, oh, I don't want to be a victim. You're not a victim. You are a survivor of something. So it's being able to, to get rid of that thought process. Go ahead, Brandon. Um, it was two things um i know i remember i think on your disney episode um it's like why why is that not a thing and i, I maybe i pray in the future or at some point it'll be like hey man here's a movie about a guy who you know i don't know like i never seen inside out but maybe like the equivalent of like inside out but like on a male version you know i said that might be something for a guy to, for a younger male to see you know what i mean to kind of acknowledge some things but another thing i want to say is like me i got to a point where i i started good, jumping, where i started to acknowledge like some- mental health because it took like it took me like almost breaking like being at the bottom of the bottom like the lowest of the low to where i was like when i said you know i didn't want to go to i didn't want to be evaluated for 72 hours that's something I was like fighting. Like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna be all right. But them taking me, man, I wouldn't be here if, you know, them people hadn't forced me to go. Like, if I hadn't talked to people, if I hadn't, if I didn't have to sit in group or if I didn't have to, you know, talk to a doctor, um, I'd probably be, if I was, if I'd still be here, I'd just be in the same loop of just ignoring it, suppressing it, pushing it to the side, keep going, keep going, keep going. So, um, Nobody showed me. Like, that's something we don't talk about. So, mm. one thing I'll say is I did not get like achieve this by myself. It's self care is something you have to achieve individually. But somebody who helped me, um, I just recently stumbled upon her teachings. Her name is Esther Hicks, but she also, if you ever heard of Abraham Hicks, and what don't focus so much on the persona. I would say try to listen to the teachings. And what she really talks about is the law of attraction, vibrations. And where I'm really going at is positive and negative mindset. You feel me? Um, 90% of our day is a good day. But if we have that one 10% in the morning, that 10% bad can, can lead our entire day to be a bad day, just because of our emotions leading in that negative spot. So I really think it like if you were looking for somebody to teach you like on how to really gain control of your emotions, I would really recommend listening to Esther Hicks, aka Abraham Hicks, and um they'll help you out. Like that that'll be like the beginning to uh, you know, 
understanding your emotions a little bit better. Go ahead, Brandon. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, <clears throat> he said, I'm sorry, my mind is terrible. Um, I raised my hand that fast and forgot. You're but good. I wanted to ask you a question because it was something about mental health. Maybe somebody else could talk and I'm gonna try to. Well, I, I was going to say as far as, so Larry, you said something that was, that was true. Right. So, and I had this conversation the other day, right. With talking to somebody about the idea of me being a psychiatric nurse practitioner or just going the psychiatric route. Um, so a lot of people think of a lot of men, men. So, so scientifically men are thought of as problem solving individuals, right? So when your wife or significant other or somebody brings something to you, even if they're just venting about their job, your mind automatically starts turning on how can we solve this problem, right? Because you're bringing me a problem. So I want to solve it because that's how men's mind works, which is fine. That's actually an awesome trait to have, right? So in psychology, though, and with mental health, that isn't what a psychologist's job is, right? So you don't as much as people like think about it, like, oh, I'm coming to you so you can fix my problems. No, you're coming to me so that you can unload some of those problems and I can give you coping skills on how to fix them or help guide you to how to fix them. Because again, as you said, it's, it's self-care for yourself. I, I can't fix them or a psychologist can't fix them. Um, so it's understanding that thought process. And, and I, I hope people do understand that, that we're not here or that they're not here to to solve your problems it's it's strictly almost like a soundboard or um just someone to tell you that you're not i guess wrong for feeling the way you feel about something um but yes i i um i'm definitely gonna look up the uh the person you were talking about larry because that definitely does sound interesting um I do also want to caveat just because we're talking about it and it doesn't really necessarily pertain to the exact topic, but I don't want anyone listening to not feel validated in this. There is a difference. Thank you, Larry. I see in the uh, comments, <laughs> there is a difference between being depressed and actually having um, depression, right? So being depressed can just be like you said, where you're constantly like just thinking about the negative things. Daniel where you're just constantly thinking about the negative things and you're not necessarily focused in on the good stuff that happened throughout the day, but depression in itself is actually chronic, right? So with depression, you can be in the happiest of situations. You can be in a positive situation and your mind knows that you should be happy about this. But for whatever reason, there's a dark cloud that comes over and you're not upset about anything in particular. It's just a mood killer. So things like depression and anxiety are actually sometimes needed to be treated by more than just a positive outlook or things like that. There sometimes is further help. And that's when you start directing people towards actual psychologists who can start exploring other ideas further than just what a counselor or even um, yet yeah, what a, just a regular counselor could give to a person. You start exploring options that only uh, actual psychologists, psychologists can give to you. Brandon, did you remember your question? I did. I did remember the question. <laughs> so um, something that uh, I heard in a book, right? It's a, mm -hmm. I can't remember the name. I think the book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. Um, in that book, he says that 
people that um that tend to find the negative or see the negative or the bad part of a situation statistically experience bad, more bad things in life, right? Mm-hmm. And it says people that have a positive outlook on things or try to find like the the positive side experience better things in life. Do you think um finding that like if I just have a positive outlook on everything can can I use that to com- combat depression or like mental health issues or so you can combat being feeling depressed with those methods absolutely but again depression is more of an actual usually depression is more of a chemical thing in your brain actual depression but feeling depressed absolutely those are great coping skills to battle feeling depressed um and yes having a positive outlook on life helps you not fall into feeling depressed i mean if like I'm, I'm trying to think of an example for myself but if you're if you're constantly surrounding yourself with good energy or um or not allowing yourself to fall into arguments i mean that that's a great book it's an absolutely great book but again like i said earlier there are things when you start sorry she's playing with her uncle and she wants to be loud um so when you start trailing onto the idea of actual clinical issues, um, then you start needing a little bit more than just self-help sometimes. And that's perfectly fine when people need a little bit more than just self-care that happens sometimes. And it's perfectly fine, which is why I am a huge advocate. It's my belief that I think that absolutely everybody, la-di-da-di, everybody should see a therapist at least once in their life. Or, or a counselor, not necessarily a full-blown therapist, but a counselor of some kind one time in their life, just to talk to them Everybody and to, to get things off their chest. I had a sergeant major, actually, I don't, I think he was actually, was he, he was either a sergeant major or was he the colonel? I don't remember, but I, I think he was sergeant major, actually. I had a sergeant major in group that he used to go to behavioral health all the time. And he got that from, I think it was like the Sergeant Major of the Army or whatever. But this Sergeant Major told us that he would go to behavioral health all the time. And when he would go, all he would do was talk about fishing with his counselor, with his behavioral health counselor. I go in there and tell him about the fish I caught last weekend. And it was like, why the hell are you like wasting their time? They need, he's like, no, I'm going there. So the guys know that it's okay to go to behavioral health. If they see me go in there, and he was decked out like uh, uh, Larry, I don't know if you know, oh, but chest like candy. chest candy for days. He's had yes, all man. the awards, all the certs, <laughs> and he just wanted to make sure it was known like, hey, everyone needs a, a moment to talk to somebody who's not biased, who's not going to judge you. Like because as much as yes, as a as a woman whoever my partner is, I want them to be able to come to me as a daughter to my mom. I want my mom to know she could always come to me. My friends, I want them to know they can always come to me. There still should be someone that you talk to who's completely unbiased to the situation because no matter what, there's always that, there's a little bit of caring that kind of clouts our judgment when we are people who care about someone else. So there is that little thin line that we, that we can't cross, but we still do cross because we care about this person. Brandon, go ahead. Your hands up. Can I, I just want to ask Marcellus a question. Um, man, as somebody in the army, right. Everybody like you and AK know we, yo, these PHAs be asking some questions, right. 
And, you know, this, this, this assessment of this, like a list of a hundred questions, it seems like that they ask you. And it's like, listen, man, I'm just going to be honest. This, this last time was like the first time I probably had like a serious conversation about the answers that I wanted to give. I didn't give honest answers. I'm not going to lie to you, but I acknowledge the fact, like, listen, um, you know, out of the last 30 days, it's, it's been tough some days, you know? And um, because in my mind, I'm like, if I say yes to this, how is it going to affect me down the road? If, if I uh, put this on paper and then you put this in the system, how am I, is it going to stop me from deploying? Is it going to stop me from going this career path? Um, and that's, I know you spoke about it and you said your fiance is like, um, that is, that is a beautiful, safe place right there for your best friend, your partner to be that person for you. Um, but like, how do you feel like it affects you on the military side? Uh, so I'll, I'll give you a, so I actually did answer honestly on one of the PHAs, um, that I was upset. I was having some financial issues, um, as well as like some, some other related issues. So I answered, um, they actually put me with a, a, a military, uh, counselor, um, and, uh, uh, they informed, like they told my leadership. So like they kind of, at one point, uh, took it, e took it like easy on me as far as like, not necessarily responsibilities, but, um, they kind of, uh, took a step back to make sure I was okay. At least at one point, then like, Later on, uh, once they like, because I, I kind of suppressed it because I didn't because the leadership was new. Um, so I was like, yeah, I feel all right. I was having a temporary issue. And then, they, then you know, it's like a toxic leadership thing just kind of laid into me. Um, so it, it kind of made it hard for me in that particular situation. But that's that's one toxic uh, leadership example. But. In most cases, they'll hook you up with a counselor, someone you can talk to, and you're and and if you have trust with your leadership, um, they'll work with you. They, they just want to know if if you're if you're okay, even if it's a small issue. Um, so uh, they'll they'll try and try and work with you and and have a good relationship with you to 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 help you get through it. I'll also say, Brandon, I don't know if you were aware, but um, so when I got back from deployment, um. I had miscarried when I was deployed. And when I got back, um, I had to take the post-deployment PHA and I failed miserably um, because I didn't care. I answered honestly. And I was like, I don't care what y'all do to me. Like I, that was my whole thought process. But mm -hmm. my provider, he brought me into the room and he said, look, um, I'm not going to submit this uh, because I know what you went through. And he was like, what we're going to do is you're going to volunteer for behavioral health. Because if we submit this, then you have to go to behavioral health. Like it's mm -hmm. not a volunteer thing. If you volunteer, it does not follow you the same way. They don't have to ask any questions and they don't have to have access to your record the same way. So it is a much easier route if you volunteer and you know my career. I went to group like after mm -hmm. that. I went to group. I was working with SF guys. I got all sorts of clearances and it never affected my career in that way. I was able to progress to staff sergeant. And before I got out last year, I had an SLC date. So like it never stopped my progression as far as that's concerned because I volunteered mm -hmm. and took it upon myself to get help. Um, now is the army's behavioral health program, the greatest 
absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're looking, if you're looking for help um, and you're afraid of which way it might go, I would absolutely get behind volunteering rather than letting it to get to a point where you're voluntold because that's cool. never good. Yeah, because I they were like when I say everything, I mean like they were about to send me to ASAP because I was like, yeah, I'm drinking all the damn time. What's up? <laughs> like, yeah. I did not care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so volunteering is definitely a more easier route. Um, it's less painful for your career as far as that's yeah. concerned. That. Um, but I will say, guys, so we are going on two hours. So um. I will say I will have many more of these and you guys are more than welcome, but I am going to go ahead and cut it here. Um, but thank you all for coming in and joining me and um, like and share this when I post it. Watch that. Um, but love you guys. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your evening. Love you too, AK. Y'all be safe, Bye. man. It was nice talking to y'all. Hey, hey y'all too, man. Talking to y'all. Brandon right, and Marcellus, if y'all, if y'all want to get in contact, talk anything, just ask Alicia for my info. Make the group chat. Yeah. Yo, just, just make the message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I'm on it, boy. Yes, ma'am. All right.